I demand to see who's ever in charge of this shit. Welcome to TARDIS Talk, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things Doctor Who. This week, in the continued run-up to the Centenary Special, we go back to discuss Tegan's run through Legopolis to Resurrection of the Daleks. And joining me on his lonesome today, it's an equally gobby but not Australian dame, it's Matt. Hello. How rude. You're not wrong, but how rude. <laughs> I'm just calling a spade a spade, my friend. What can I say? True, but you can say it in more subtle ways. Oh, good, that's true. I can't remember what the Doctor's... I, th- I think it's the Crimson Horror when the Doctor says to Clara that he spent an entire regeneration trying to get a gobby Australian back to Heathrow Airport. And I, I love the fact that oh, yeah, of course. That does make me laugh every time I think... Every time I watch the episode and see that pop up, I'm like, what a random Sorry. little thing to insert into the... Uh, yeah, but you say every time you watch that episode, and how many times did you watch that episode? Twice, if that. <laughs> and and one of those times is because it was on like UK Gold on a lunch break or something, and I, I was having a sandwich at the time. So yeah, anyway. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about Tegan this week, and in a week or two, maybe next week, I don't know when, we're going to be talking about Ace, because of course both companions will be reappearing in the Centenary special. Um, if not more people, I'm led to believe, but... Uh, we, I guess we'll have to wait and find out what's going to happen on that front. Mm. So before we crack on with this review then, um, who in the news? Absolutely nothing this week in the, in the, in um, the Who News anyway. Uh, once again, this worries me because we're, we're slowly but surely getting closer and closer and closer to October and we mm-hmm. don't have much to discuss. No, At least, let me rephrase, I've not seen much for us to discuss. I don't think there really has been been anything kind of like announced anyway publicly. There hasn't really been anything. A new director for the center for the 60th was, was um, announced. I can't remember his name. He's done some notable things, but I can't remember who he is. Um, but otherwise, nothing kind of like, you know, ooh, big, big sort of exciting Doctor Who news. We did have some pretty gigantic historical news this week, didn't we? Which was quite, quite sad, really, which was the passing of, passing of the Queen. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily Doctor Who related, but of course, Queen Elizabeth II's had um, character cameos. And we spoke about this when we did the... Uh, the, whatever the review was over the over the Jubilee weekend back in June, um, the, the, she appeared in Voyage of the Damned, didn't she? At the end, mm-hmm. uh, not herself, obviously. That'd be a bit odd. Well, that'd <laughs> have been amazing. <laughs> um, and in Silver Nemesis as well. So I don't know. I think because she's like obviously the, the, just you think of Britain, you think of the Queen. That's probably like the first thing you think of. Um, I'm hoping that some in some capacity, Russell T Davies will will honour the queen's legacy you don't have to be a royalist but i, I think it would be nice for him to have a tip of the hat or a nod to the queen in uh series 14 when it comes back in some in some capacity you know yeah i'm interested to see how, uh, how much time has to pass before again a story involving historical her character. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. because like, i'm not i I'd say just to confirm, I don't think they should jump on the bandwagon so quickly. You know, like we said, it may not, may not be a royalist, but quite rightly, you know, there's still an element of respect around it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, w- what that length of time is before we get a Green Lives of the Second episode. For lack of a yeah, yeah. A, a good, a good. I would, I would dare say, a good few years. Yeah, but I mean, oh yeah. No, she was a big Doctor Who fan, as far as not a Doctor Who fan as per se, but she enjoyed watching it. I'm led to believe, having read things. I think there was an article done by Radio times in the past few days because of course like britain's in in um 
uh, days of mourning now so everything on tv is about the queen and the royal family and stuff um and there was an article about the uh, queen on radio times and their favorite shows and like one of them was doctor who and i think that's kind of like always been a known thing the queen the queen enjoyed watching an episode of doctor who from time to time which is quite quite nice so um a weird week a weird week in fact we we were doing this recording weren't we not the recording we were doing the review for tonight when yeah news we, broke. the episodes back to back when news broke didn't it because it, um, it yeah yeah, because we immediately stopped everything we were doing to check and validate, and then oh. yeah, suddenly everyone was talking about it. Yeah, very sudden and out of the blue. But anyway, sorry, let's let's not talk about that because people are tuning in to listen to something a bit different. So so yeah, so we're going to be talking about Tegan today, um, and your experience with Tegan so far. I think you've pro- well, remind me what you've you've seen her in Five Doctors, and what else have you seen? Oh, Earthshock. Have you seen any other episodes with Tegan apart from the two that we watched? No, for this one. Okay, right, my exposure has been quite limited, but I think that yeah. gives me an interesting perspective. Because she's been in quite a lot. She was she was pretty much in, I dare I say, all of more or less all of anyway, bar like two or three episodes, more or less all of um, the Fifth Doctor's run. So she's like a very significant companion in the eighties. And do you know what? It doesn't matter how many times I think about it, she's still technically the Fourth Doctor's companion as well. <laughs> absolutely which i always forget you know but yeah it's just it's just one of those funny little quirks i suppose um so yeah so we we, we basically I, I thought it'd be a good idea from your perspective to to watch tegan's intro and tegan's outro and of course i've seen legopolis and then in resurrection of the daleks so um i think probably what we'll do here then is we'll just talk a little bit about both stories and then how tegan sort of worked into them and any changes that you might have seen in the character and stuff like that and then and then we can sort of discuss how we think tegan's going to come back into the 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 storyline for the centenary because um as she rightly points out in the trailer it's been 40 years for for her since she last saw the doctor so um so yeah so so legopolis then it's obviously tom baker's exit story uh what your what were your initial thoughts did you enjoy legopolis Oh, I did. I think it's um, it's an interesting one because it feels like it's trying to do a lot all at the same time. But I, I find the idea of introducing a new companion on the same episode you've got an exiting Doctor mm. to be quite interesting because it's not... It, it normally, this is either about the fact of you, you, that Doctor gets a companion and that companion either leaves just before at the same time that a, a Doctor normally does. Yeah, And actually, it was particularly sort of more in the realms of New Who as well. Mm-hmm. But specifically for this situation, it's interesting to see a character be introduced and have a a fairly brief amount of time with the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly be thrown into, A, quite a mad world anyway, as a lot of companions are, but thrown into obviously the, the deep end of regeneration as well. Mm. And, and it's interesting you mention that because one of my one of my slight irritations with i don't know if this is just explicitly with tegan's characterization in logopolis but she just takes everything on the chin <laughs> like the, yeah, de- the death of her aunt not care the TARDIS yeah. being bigger on the inside than the outside um, suddenly on an alien planet meeting aliens yeah uh, you know you could just and, and of course as you just mentioned the regeneration you could just reel <laughs> these things off one after another i think i think in castro valve the following story which we need to get you to watch at some point Castro Valva kind of highlights how freaked out she is a little bit by things, um, but it still is significantly downplayed in this particular story. Yeah, um, which I kind of get because I think what they're trying to go for um, with Logopolis is very much around it. It is at the end of the day, it's it's a regeneration story, and that's the main, primarily the focus. Yeah. 
And I think having uh, Tegan come in and freak out a lot about what's happening would have taken away from that story. Yeah. But it still doesn't mean that having having none of it makes it feel very makes her feel very alien. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's. I don't know what what the what the agenda was with getting because it wasn't just the one new companion; it was two. Because of course, Nissa comes into this story as well for the first time. Not sorry, not mm-hmm. apologies, not for the first time. She probably joins as a companion for the first time because she appeared in the Keeper of Trark and like was it the previous story? It must have been the previous story. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the previous previous story. So, um, so Nissa's come into this one as well, and it just seems like there's a lot going on with it. Um, it's i mean the story itself there's this there's this undertone as well this like maudlin undertone you can tell tom baker's not enjoying himself <laughs> i don't know whether it's intentional um but i just get the, the 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 vibe that he's really kind of like he's a bit of a mood at this point um he's not enjoying the direction the show's going in and the way that he portrays himself in it is very kind of like the fourth doctor isn't remotely kind of scatty in this one he just seems You're right. agitated. He's, he's, yeah, he's ver- he verges quite a lot on. Well, I think agitated is probably the right word for it, actually. I was going to say grumpy, but no, grumpy's no, a good word for it. Well, it's a bit more. The thing is, a bit more fiery than grumpy. It's not sit in the corner and be quiet. He's uh, blunt in areas. He is. He's moody and, and and quite snappy as well, isn't he? Which is pretty interesting. Um, y- yeah, it's. Uh... Legopolis is one of those stories, I think, where it falls foul of it trying to be too clever and packing too much in. Um, you know, kind of like a casual family probably wouldn't be able to sit down and follow the plot of this that that well. <laughs> I mean, it, it talks about some of the some of the concepts in this, like block transfer mathematics or block transfer computation, and you know, the, this this species being able to kind of like create real matter through mathematics alone it's quite high sci-fi concept stuff that that nana won't be able to sit down and follow on a saturday night well yeah absolutely and this is where again i think it's an interesting one though there is a regeneration story there's some there's some really uh, complicated sci-fi going on there's also some really good relationships between other characters that gets highlighted quite a lot in this episode um and it feels like an odd time to choose a companion yeah, that's true. What relationship is he talking about? I, well, it's nice to see um, Adric and Four on screen together. They are like mm. got. I think we described as we were watching him. They've got a very much a uh, an intelligent banter between them. Yeah. And although I may not enjoy uh, Adric as a companion too heavily, I think it's quite nice to see how those two bounce off each other. And even seeing some of the the forced uh, the forced ally of the Doctor and the Master together, they mm. bounce off each other very very well. And actually, it's interesting to see all that on screen. And if yeah. you've got those strong conversations happening, throwing in a brand new character just it feels out of place. But I'm to, to clarify, although I might think that adding a new character to this place feels out of place, I'm not against it. I enjoyed seeing um, Tegan and Logopolis. Mm. Uh, it, uh, it's. I'm wondering if it was basically they felt like the TARDIS crew was too alien and they needed to bring a new character in a contemporary, um, you know, a contemporary. Uh, strong female character into it so that they could try and resonate with uh, Joe Average a bit better because you've got Nissa who's this kind of like slightly ethereal airy fairy super brain girl um, and then you've got Adric who's this kind of like nerdy 
you know, uh, child prodigy sort of wonder boy. Um, and then there's the Doctor who's the Doctor. But there's no one that people can relate to because the TARDIS feels a little bit too buffany at this point, maybe. So maybe that's why they brought Tegan into it, to have someone to... I don't want to say dumb it down because that's really unfair, but... And possibly, and again, she she might be, like we said earlier, taking everything in her stride and not having a problem and being quite... Uh, absorbing quite a lot quite easily, at least at this point. But... You know, she's she's very direct. She's very uh, confrontational in areas. You know, and yeah. she is trying to be helpful. She yeah. she may not understand everything that's going on, but she knows it's bad, and she's taking orders and direction while still throwing her own punches. I mean, to be fair, she doesn't do a jack shit a lot in uh, in Legopolis, so does she? <laughs> well, this is what I mean. So her, her entire her entire story is, I want to get back to Heathrow Airport, and it's maybe not. That's, uh, hey, that's, most, her, that's her story throughout the entirety of Doctor Who. And, and again, it may not be the most, um, <laughs> it, particularly just for Logopolis then, it may not be the most intuitive story in the world and it may get across quite frustrating in areas, but she is very fixated on the goal. You know, like for example, she storms out of the TARDIS when she's been told, it's dangerous, stay with us, and yep. goes back to the Doctor's side. Yeah. And then immediately, you know, because she realises there's a bigger problem here, she starts at work, whether it's tearing down uh, the console or following directives. So it's not like she's just at the wayside. Yeah, she definitely does try and throw herself into it. I just feel like they don't necessarily know what to do with her. Um, I don't know whether that's, again, because it's similar to the Whitaker era, where there's too many companions on board the TARDIS. Um, later story, she has plenty of stuff to do. So maybe it was just this story where they had to deal with the fact that you know, Four was on his way out. You've got the master back. We need to have some sort of threatening plot that basically, you know, adds some level of um, of, uh, of 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 disaster to proceedings. Uh, oh, and by the way, we've got this new character as well. <laughs> so it's kind of like juggle, juggle, juggle. Um, yeah, I don't, whether or not that's reflective of this particular story, I've got no idea, to be honest. Mm. I wonder if, again, I don't know whether this is, because I don't, I don't really know enough behind the scenes of this particular era of the show, but I'm just wondering if um, uh, Janet Fielding, like the fact that they, they brought her on board, I'm just wondering if, if they made the character Australian because of Janet Fielding and then subsequently recruited um, uh, Aunt Vanessa as, uh, as, as another Australian actor in, in, in the guise, or whether they actually set out to make the character be an Australian and they recruited for Australian as her only. Possibly. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was an appeal to fans as well. I don't know what sort of the uptake of it in Australia would be, but it, it does feel like a, a an unexpected mix. But maybe again, maybe at the time there was high volumes and they wanted to engage audiences. Well, because then after that, they decide to go to uh, Nicola Bryant, who's actually British with a plummy London accent, but they gave her an American characterization. So maybe they were like trying to go a bit more global with the show's appeal at that point. So you could be right. It could be because they're trying to kind of target different demographics and stuff. Um, yeah, Legopolis is a, it's a, it's a funny old story. Um, there is a hell of a lot going on. Um it's the introduction of Anthony Ainley's master as well, uh, with his shit-eating grin. Um, he, he loves he loves a good laugh, doesn't he? Old Anthony Ainley. So often, didn't it? An old, uh, yeah, good old evil laugh. <laughs> In every fucking scene, he you know he ham his way through it. Um, I love Ainley's master. I'm not slighting it. I'm just I just we noticed it, didn't we? As we were watching, I was like, do you know what? Yeah. I've never noticed how often he laughs before like that. Um, and I quite like the dynamic that he has basically stolen um, Tremus, who's Nissa's father. Uh, he's stolen his body um, back in the Keeper of Trauken to kind of replenish himself again. 
Um, oh, yeah, and just, just clarity on that bit. That's not a, that's not a terrible thing. It's an interesting plot point, but um, and that's not Nissa gets over that quite quickly, doesn't she? It, it, yeah, I mean, she she uh, he pops she, up a few she, times, and she still has to come face to face with him, and it's only kind of glanced on. But I wouldn't feel comfortable with that ever again. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, you look a lot like my dad. In fact, you're wearing his body. Can you get out of my dad's body, you dirty time lord pervert? I would be very freaked out by that. And knowing you, that's exactly how you would say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good old master with his many, many ways of staying alive, one, one step ahead of the game. And of course, in this, we've also got the Watcher, um, which is a, a weird concept. Uh, yeah, that I really don't get. I mean, I quite like it, but I don't understand how it ties in logically. Not that there's any logic to Doctor Let's face it, it's like 90% fantasy crap half the time. Don't question it. But, like, is it ever... I can, I've seen this story like maybe four or five times. I can't recall. Is it ever implied that the Watcher has travelled back in time? Or are they, are they like a temporal echo or something? Because I know they're the midway point between four and five, aren't they? But... Nothing. But this is the thing. This is why I'm not a big fan of it, because it it's not like an example of it ever comes up again. And yeah. it's it's just odd. <laughs> I can't really say, you know, it's always in the distance. And then has a couple of hush conversations with people. And that's that. I do like the I do like the con. I, I don't know whether they were trying to go for like um, adding a uh, like a, a, a portent of doom sort of um style thing with time lords and regeneration i.e there's a chance you know it's kind of like the the age-old saying if you see a black dog it means death's nearby or you know mm. like like the um the, the 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 ghoul in the dungeon or whatever that's kind of like what the watcher is um it's if it was something that was established as being like a, you know a common occurrence of time lords like as they near death they end up seeing phantoms of their future self or kind of like something alternative yeah but they haven't they've never they've never revisited it <laughs> it's just like why did the watcher appear only for that scenario no and this and this is why i don't get it either and it again you know it's my not it's the thing i always go to which is you could take all that out and the story still makes sense yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. why why did we bother including it in the first place yeah definitely. And again, if, it, if it was the start of something like we're saying here that it was the start of adding a new twist and regeneration like i said we're sort of like time echoes or you know yeah. whispers from the future or past or whatever it's not a bad concept it's quite cool but but it it's it's a concept or an idea which is picked up it's used once and then abandoned and we never hear of it again yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm wondering if they're going to do anything like that with um, with the, uh, you know, um, Gatwa's kind of... Because they're going to do something different with regeneration, so I wonder if they're going to kind of, like, work on something similar towards the Watcher, i.e. there's an interim Doctor who kind of works in the middle, sort of. I don't know. I've got no, absolutely no idea. Um, they've just never revisited it, not even in expanded literature from what I'm aware of, um, which is, you know, very interesting. Um I tell you what, I'm telling a lie. I'm just quickly googling on TARDIS Wikia, and apparently there is a, uh, a novel called The Advent of Fear. And before his regeneration into the Eleventh Doctor, the Tenth Doctor saw a solitary pale watcher observing him. Shortly after the TARDIS dematerialized, the watcher also disappeared. And so, do we have to have the conversation on whether or not that's canon? <laughs> I mean, probably, probably not. It's a short story from I don't know. So what, I can, maybe the Doctor. I can already hear Cook screaming. <laughs> it was it was part of the Doctor Who website, apparently from two thousand and nine. Um, yeah, but I, I I quite like the concept of the Watcher. It, it's just never kind of implied any more than than what it is, which is very disappointing, really. Um, 
is something that they could quite interestingly bring back. I mean, the other aspect of this, we've spoken about the high sci-fi concepts and stuff like that. Um, I, some of my favourite ever TARDIS scenes are in this story, uh, and TARDIS lore-based stuff are in this story. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff and to do I, with the gravity bubble at the start. and Yeah, and, you know, to, again, talking about the chameleon circuit and the yep. plasmic shell, there's a lot of cool uh, things that come out of this one. But even just the, uh, and again, I don't know if it's been seen before at this point, but I enjoyed seeing it on screen. I originally did, maybe went on for a beat too long, but I enjoyed watching Tegan walk around looped corridors. Yeah, that did make me and laugh. And being stuck. That yeah. did make me laugh. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um, actually, just sort of walking about and sort of like opening a door and looking around. And again, completely non-phased by this I'd be freaking I'd think I'd fallen into the back rooms at this point if I'd stumbled into what makes me laugh is like you said she she is phased by it but her phased by it is I'm really frustrated I can't get out not what on earth is happening exactly and then she even has the fucking common sense in that scenario most people would be freaking out but she has the common sense to basically like press a button and say um you know, uh, is this the cockpit? Um, is 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 the is there any crew on board? It's like, yeah, I know, I because that's another thing that makes me chuckle about this story, and it's not a bad thing. It, if anything, it builds the character, but it just feels a bit on the nose. It's like it's it's like it's like shoved down our throats that she's an air stewardess, just in case we didn't get it at the start when she basically steps out of her flat and she's wearing an air stewardess outfit and she looks at a plane and that's a loud outfit. It is a very loud outfit. But then, like, repeatedly throughout, she has a long, drawn-out conversation without Vanessa in their broken-down car. And then she's talking about when she gets into the TARDIS, she's basically implying that she knows how to kind of, you know, operate the TARDIS, or at least she feels comfortable in it because she thinks it's some sort of aircraft. Um, so, so I, I, just... I wonder if, now that we talked that bit through particularly as well, and a lot of sort of how to react into this episode, I wonder if a lot of these problems were solved if, if it wasn't a contemporary companion then actually it was slightly in the future and she was more used to the concept of 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 ships and higher technology you know still doing whether it's a uh i don't know a pilot of some sort or being a, yeah. a future stewardess or whatever well, but actually a lot of her, her shock her surprise concept of aliens concept of high technology a lot of that would be eliminated well the last contemporary companion that the show had was sarah jane smith before that point uh, because you had you, yeah. you then went to leela then to romana then to adric then back round to Tegan and Nissa at this point. So I think I think you're right. I think there's something of truth in there in that the writers may have potentially forgotten slightly how to write for a character, contemporary character, and that's possibly by part of his sit. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think um having a character like Tegan in it, it, it definitely spices things up because she's quite an interesting character in in the sense that she, one, she doesn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is like a, a fundamental difference to previously all of Accidentally kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. We've spoken about this in Earthshock, haven't we? How the fifth doctor absolutely lays into Tegan all the time. Yeah, he's horrible to her. He just doesn't give her the time of day at all. And I, 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 it was about a year or two ago, I rewatched all of Five's um, era again. Um, and there was. It wasn't. He wasn't as shitty to her as I, as I first kind of remembered initially. Remembered, but he definitely doesn't kind of treat her. I don't want to say fairly, but he definitely has something slightly against her. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because all she did was whine at him about wanting to leave. Um, when in the grand scheme of things, the Doctor knows there's more out there in the universe. But <laughs> I think what did, what was your take home from Tegan in this introductory story? Like, what was your kind of like perception of her character then? To, to summarise how you saw Tegan in this particular story. 
in the story or as a character because they can well, they can as, as a character so how does uh, basically at, at the start of her run how is she yeah. as a character you know how do you see her uh, fearless it's the first word that jumps to mind again nothing yeah. seems to phase her yeah. strong willed but a bit out of a depth yeah okay that's that's very fair that's very fair um yeah, I don't really think there's anything more you can say to that. I think it may just have been because of that particular story, like we've mentioned already. Legopolis yeah. itself, then, because we need to jump onto the next story now. But Legopolis itself, then, um, what would you give that? How many how many Logopolitans out of ten would you give Legopolis? Logopolitans. Um, uh, it's probably a six. Um, yeah, I'd go. I'd go. S- Six, seven myself, so we'll go with a six on that one. So I think I think six Logopolitans out of ten for uh, Logopolis. Okay, so we're going to jump right to the end of Tegan's timeline now. Um, well, so far anyway, um, we're going to go to Resurrection of the Daleks. But you've seen Earthshock, you've seen the Five Doctors, so you've seen some of her stuff in the middle. But there is a lot you haven't seen. So just to kind of bridge the gap a little bit, don't know how much you know about her run. Uh, she does finally get to Heathrow, and she does finally leave um, for about an episode or two. And then she comes back. She ends up running into the Doctor in Amsterdam um, in Arc of Infinity and she rejoins the TARDIS crew in that particular story. So it's weird how the character sort of left and then came back again. I don't know if that's ever happened with a companion in Classic Who before. Um, concept anyway. Yeah, she, she basically goes off and then comes back and then that's sort of that's sort of it really. Um, but yeah, we jump to Resurrection of the Daleks which is our last story at this point. So this is a an interesting story because well it's only i guess it's interesting because of the way that tegan leaves at the end it's it's very much like it's unfinished business yeah i think for that one that that, that saved tegan's departure until we talk through sort of the story yeah, and the characters. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's some good things there that I want to talk about, but I want to make sure we get through the episode itself okay, as well. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. And, so, and I think one of, the, one of the things we spoke about when we watched the episode together, which, which came across was, this episode is, is sadly slightly put off by the fact that it's got a Dalek title. And I know yeah. why they do it, because they do it with a lot of Dalek ones, but... Yeah. There is a there is there is almost no direction that it's going to be a Dalek episode until the yeah. Daleks turn up. And if the title wasn't Resurrection of the Daleks, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. It would just no. happen. No, exactly. And that would have been a great twist. Yep, yep, definitely, definitely. Because it's, I mean, what is the concept of this particular one? It's basically the Daleks want to kidnap the Doctor so that he goes to the High Council and assassinates them. Well, yeah, so well, that's, it's, that's it's 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 two pronged, isn't it? You've got the duplicate plot line, which is what you just mentioned, which is great, and then you've got the um, they're trying to rescue Davros as well because they've got a a viral issue, don't they? Yeah, so they've got they've been affected by the Mandalorian virus, obvious, and, isn't it? They've got a viral yeah, issue. Yeah, to be fair, the, the the special effects with the end when they catch the virus probably isn't a better anyway. Um, <laughs> no, ex- that was ex- very. Experiment um, brings to mind experiment. Absolutely, who authorised that design? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was J and T at the time, so you never know. But uh, yeah, you're right. And then and then, I love Resurrection of the Daleks. It's a story. It's fun. The pacing is frenetic. Um, the sets and the production values are brilliant on this story. Mm. I really do think it's, it's got, and again, it's got really good build up. That's the thing for me that really strikes yeah. us. You know, it it didn't feel like it flatted or it plateaued in areas. It constantly yeah. built built up towards the next bit definitely. and the next bit. Yeah, definitely. And the characters are believable as well. I don't. There's, there's irritating characters, but I, I they're politely they're, they're plausibly and feasibly um, uh, irritating characters. Um, well. 
we talk about the scientist lady? Uh, she was, <laughs> she was yeah. probably the one who didn't need to be there. That's actually a very good point. She was thoroughly redundant, wasn't she? It, I reckon they in- injected that character. So, of course, we're talking about the um, the bomb disposal uh, army who turn up at the warehouse, and um, they bring this random scientist with her, uh, with them, and she does bugger all apart from scream and get shot. It's <laughs> It's it's a slight yeah, yeah, nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, well, bullet on the head in that case. But I think Oof. I think in <laughs> it, maybe they just brought that character in so that Tegan would have someone to talk to when she was kind of stranded back on Earth <laughs> without much to do again. Poor Tegan, poor poor Tegan. But is it, this is this is one of those stories where they're continuing the age old tradition of uh, you know Davros is involved in every Dalek story and. Um, you know, it, it kind of reevaluates him kind of like trying to improve or do something different with the Daleks and the Daleks want to kind of capture him and make him do their bidding. It's that same old fucking story with Davros and the Daleks every goddamn time. And I'm bored of it. And I want them to do something different with Davros if they bring him back at any point. I, I, I agree. Because, I mean, I, I did enjoy the idea that there was, you know, uh, a viral warfare element and they needed their original creator to 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 edit how they currently affect that you know it was yeah. a nice it, it's a, it's still very much the same format but it's an interesting twist on it but but you are right whenever whenever davros is brought back it is the same old story yeah with the exception of remembrance of the daleks which is probably the only time the daleks haven't directly turned on him although albeit there is a dalek civil war going on but at least in this instance he is the emperor of the daleks and he's got control over them for once it's not a case of oh davros has got to hide in the shadows because the daleks are trying to get him again you know it's nice to see um it's nice to see him in that position in in remembrance but in revelation revelation's kind of concept of davros and the daleks is very much like destiny of the daleks and to some extent genesis of the daleks as well it's just the same shit played out with him um Mm -hmm. and i i find the davros scenes with the exception of one i find the davros scenes very boring it's just him ranting about how he can improve the daleks it's like yeah we've seen this a thousand times before um but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hear they're not. I think the only scene with Davros in the in in this episode, which which really held my attention, was when the Doctor confronts him. Yeah, that's the one I was referring to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, well, looking at this particular, at like the story and stuff with this one, because you've got at this point the Tardis team is pared down to just the Doctor, Turlo, and Tegan. Um, you've seen Turlo in the Five Doctors, haven't you? But he didn't really do much in that one either, did he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but he's uh, he spent a lot of this episode being incredibly sinister, doesn't he? Well, yeah, it's like I was saying to you before, he is a bit of a shitty character anyway, because he, he only came into the show to kill the Doctor off, and then when he saw sense, he decided not to, and the Doctor let him travel with him, which is quite odd. Um, but you know what they say, keep your enemies closer and all that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you make of, of that TARDIS team? Tegan Turlow Doctor. I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, the problem is particularly for only seeing the team as this episode. Yeah. They spend a lot of this episode not being a team. They're on their own individual plot lines. That was. That was I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going to come to. But yeah, yeah, okay. So it's kind of hard to evaluate them as a team. Yeah. Because I've only got this one episode, and like I said, they're running three different strands. Yeah, yeah, and they literally are running three different strands. That you know, in in they're in incredibly different sort of like plots plot places at each time. I always find it difficult with Tegan to remember specifically what she was doing in this story i think she's on earth for 99 percent of it isn't she 
Does she yes. ever go? Does she ever go to the Dalek station? Uh, the, sorry, the prison. I don't think she does, does she? Or the Dalek ship? Uh, I don't think she does. I think she's basically on Earth for the entire thing. I can't remember, which either means that she that she does go to the station and is so insignificant it really didn't make an impact, or no, she doesn't. Yeah, I'm pretty certain she doesn't. I'm pretty certain it's all kind of like on Earth for her. So she's kind of got that whole story underway. Turlo's pissing around on the Dalek ship um, and for a little bit on the prison ship, and the Doctor is kind of all over the place, isn't he? He's literally all over the place um, in this one. Because then you've also got... Uh, I'm talking myself out of liking the story. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> really? Right I don't well. think the story is that bad. Because I think one of the things it does well is it has these three different strands going on, but it ties them together very well. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I do like it then. Because you've got you've got the whole um, Lytton and his police... Well, Lytton, the leader of the Dalek troopers, um, and his police kind of uh, under, undercover disguise thing when he's on Earth. You've got um, the bomb disposal army people who turn up at the warehouse when we're not really told why, just that they think there's some sort of dodginess going on. I mean, why they didn't get unit in for this story, I've got no idea, but there we go. Um, then you've got the Daleks trying to get Davros to solve the Mavellan virus, but you've got in that one, you've got the Daleks themselves, and then you've got the um, prison uh, ship people on there mm-hmm. and this well, the Dalek troopers well and the Dalek troopers so you've basically got all of these different groups of characters interacting with each other oh and of course you've got the uh, Dalek duplicates themselves but you've also got those those prisoners who come through the time corridor Rodney Buse and then all of the other random people who get exterminated in the intro um, yeah there's a lot of people in this story a lot of people in this story and the bloke who gets shot while mudlarking on the banks of the Thames. But you've got a lot of people in this story. And it, I think you're right. I think it, it is it is actually worthy of praise, this particular tale, because it, it does sew it together so masterfully. And, oh, and, and there. The, there are definitely some characters in there that are there to be red shirts. Um, and, you know, just be dispatched, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, definitely. Um, However, every time we get an opportunity to stop and talk to a character and the character gets named, they do something to progress the plot. Yeah. Even if it is point. being killed or off to set off the self-destruct or yep. off to defend the station, you know, rather the fight right at the beginning. Give you a prime Everyone example. does something. A, a, a very specific prime example of that, right? And that's when you're on the prison ship and we are introduced in one of the earlier scenes to that new guy who's come on board. Yes. Um, and he's quite uppity and he rubs everyone up the wrong way. And you've got Ruler Lenska yeah, who's there the and book. she's like, yeah, exactly that. So so she's getting pissed off with him. Then you've got minor background characters there. So um, you've got that um, that lady who uh, the 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 one who in the end she has she goes to try and sort of terminate Davros, but she can't and it fails. And you've got that taller bloke who's with her. And you just think these are side characters. You know, their red shit's going to get killed off and they're mm-hmm. going to be rele- irrelevant. The cannon fodder, basically. But the chain event of all of these characters is that. Um, the young, um, uh, the young Asian lady. She gets, she goes off to run, run off to basically terminate Davros because she's given the key card, isn't she, to terminate him? She goes with her friend to terminate Davros, and she suddenly smells something really bad. And he turns around, and half his face is rotting away and falling away. So he's serving a purpose for her from a character perspective yep. <laughs> because he's distracting her. Um, she's got a purpose because she's trying to terminate Davros. So all of these little tiny little characters mm-hmm. have actually got really relevant parts well that's what i mean and then yeah. and then all of that as well that then leads into davros being you know unfrozen and the whole plot beginning so yeah. it it doesn't feel like even though there's a lot of moving parts any particular part of it was 
was designed just to be padder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Padding, that was a combination of filler and padding. I kind of got the gist of what you were saying there, yeah, padding, yeah, yeah. Um, but here's a question for you. It's a very serious question, this one. If you take Davros out of the freezer, can you refreeze him afterwards? Like oh, a chicken I don't know. fillet. I mean, he's been described as looking like a prawn before, hasn't he? So <laughs> I, oh, I don't want to mess with prawns. Oh, dearie me. I don't know. I, I just I, This is a really good story. Um, I've always really enjoyed the story, and I can go back to it sort of time and time again. I think it does some really interesting concepts like the TARDIS time corridor, sorry, the Dalek time corridor. Mm-hmm. The Daleks are pretty menacing in it, I think, in some parts, you know. Um, yeah, although I have to call out uh, one of the patterns that we talked about, uh, which we have noticed, is there always seems to be interesting conversations and screen times between two Daleks in a security room. Uh, yeah, where they're just bitching at each other all the time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, just complaining about what the other one's doing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, until the single point when they agree, and you're like, oh, hey, they agree. Yeah, they did it, I'm proud. <laughs> Um, I think there's like a moment when all of the what is that 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 scene where the Daleks all just suddenly materialising in the warehouse and there's loads of them. It's not like one or two Dalek props. There's like five or six of oh, them. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Because they they again they beam down, for lack of a better phrase, and yeah. then all hell breaks loose, doesn't it? Because they're, they're dropping a proper squad of them. Yeah, 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 and it's pretty terrifying as well. Actually, I, I really I really appreciate. Yeah, that. it's a proper intimidate moment because they're in mm. formation. There's a big yeah. old room as well, and yeah, it was a good. It was a great materialisation scene. And we also get to see uh, a Dalek mutant out of its doing what it does best which is just aggressively attacking somebody by going by the throat um, yeah or well, i'm glad they didn't kill the kitty cat though i oh, know i've always loved that scene <laughs> <laughs> when all the tarpaulin starts wriggling and they're like yeah, yeah. The, the doctor whips his glock out and he's training it on the poor little kitty cat <laughs> oh yeah damn that's something we have to talk about he opens fire doesn't he yeah let's, let's talk about the doctor and his trigger finger in this one then because he is very keen yeah. isn't he he is very very keen old old fivey to get his uh to get a gun out you know obviously a key distinct moment is when he basically trains a gun on Davros and he's like I should have done this a long time ago and you're like he's obviously struggling with it but well yeah but he won't kill him but he's happy to open fire at that poor Dalek out of its casing well yeah it's a Dalek though isn't it I mean (laughs) (laughs) I just find it very interesting um, that that was something that they decided to go for with the what happens he gets the gun out and he can't, well, he can't he do it. He the, can't do it. Yeah, yeah he can't, he do, can't it. do it. But then he backs out of the room, doesn't he, to talk yeah, to right. her because he, yeah, he is and collapse, and then Davros seals the door. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I suppose in some ways it just goes to show that no matter what, even when kind of like you know forced into a corner, the Doctor still can't pull a trigger. Um, uh, which uh, the Twelfth Doctor shortly rectifies by um, shooting one of his own kind. So, <laughs> so going back to Tegan again, then let's talk about her ending um, and her yes. exit. So she's right. Her her reasons for leaving is that there's a massive body count in this particular story. Absolutely, and it's not just a body count, but she's been she's been held prisoner. She's been with people that have been duplicated, cloned, and uh, engineered to then act against her. Um, and like I said, then it ends with a with a a climactic battle where it just it's not even just like a couple of bodies in a room it's piles of them yeah yeah exactly that exactly that and it is just death and decay in that it's like a graveyard mm. in that final scene when Turlo's work he, he comes Absolutely. back and walks through that that kind of like field of blighted Dalek shells and he's just like knocking the eye stalks and stuff and it's like this is really grim it's almost like a battlefield mm. um yeah and, and she throws out that line and she says she talks about it not being fun yes. and actually that that's quite impactful i think yeah. i think it's a really good line to deliver very mature way of kind of handling a companion accent i think this is probably the first time 
they did a companion exit that wasn't on good terms. I mean, she was on good terms with the doctor, but she also wasn't because she she runs away from him in the end, doesn't she? Yeah. Because basically, well, yeah, and I don't and don't know how much that is out of out of fear or you know of the doctor or the situation or how much is just I don't want to be surrounded by all these bodies anymore or you know just pain fight or flight response. But but I think that is going to lead nicely onto sort of my uh, my prediction for her coming back, which is you know she's having these conversations, trying to track him down again because of the way it ended. Mm. That's a hell of a way to leave a relationship, isn't it? With you know, this is that what- is a this is what a really complicated friendship and it although yes it ended in a very horrible way mm-hmm. and like i said fight and flight definitely took her took part of that yeah she yeah. ran and well, actually she comes back, though. <laughs> but he's got my point I mean, well yeah but this is my point she comes back made to rectify her. maybe that's they're going to be her driving part for her plot which is she wants to make do on something which didn't end the right way well that's possibly i mean i mean i've always wondered when she came back uh, and she says that famous line of Braveheart Tegan, which is the Doctor's catchphrase towards her. Um, Braveheart Tegan. Um, a part of me has always wondered if she came back because she changed her mind. Um, well, yeah. Or, well, this is what I mean. I don't know. She looks longingly at the TARDIS, doesn't she? And she says, so, so long, Doctor. And she's like looking at the TARDIS where it, where it used to be, but it's gone now. And it's like... <sighs> See, interesting, because my perspective of that, again, is that she she didn't want to leave on a door slam. As opposed to yeah, wanting that's, to go that's back probably the most it. likely. Yeah, that's that's probably the most likely reasoning behind it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with her when they bring it back because, mm. I mean, Janet Fielding is um, she's been doing loads of big finish for years. Anyway, um, she went on actually to to become um, she 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 left acting for a period to become uh, the talent agent for um, f- f- subsequent doctors. I think. I think she was uh, Sylvester McCoy's talent agent, if I'm not mistaken, or Colin Baker, one of the two. So weirdly, she left and went into production behind behind Doctor Who. But yeah, Um, so she's always been incredibly, incredibly fond of the show still. It's not like there's been a massive gap of Doctor Who for her. And I'll tell you what, right, um, so you won't have seen this, but for anyone else out there who's listening, who's watched the collections, um, and they don't have to be like the the posh collector's editions or anything, just the Blu-ray editions that came out when they came out like over the past sort of five years they do this thing so um you know gogglebox they do this thing called um uh on the sofa behind the sofa can't remember either way generally three or four actors from the show's era will sit down and watch these classic episodes of doctor who and just watch them and kind of like it's like commentary but with a bit of comedy behind it and janet fielding sarah sutton who plays nissa and peter davison obviously the fifth doctor the three of them are really good friends like really really good friends and they sit down on these things and and like comment on the show um that they're watching at the time she is fucking fierce her humor is absolutely shit hot she's so funny she is so so funny um so you can tell us that she's still got a lot of affection for the show, uh, which is which is really nice. So I, I don't know where or how they're going to bring the character back in. Um, I, you know what could possibly bring Tegan to come back to doctor to the doctor at this point, sort of forty years later. Yeah, this is what I mean. Where I think it is going to be around around trying to fix that mistake of how it ended. But but what could possibly drive these carrying companions back together? Is it a case of maybe like it, it, there's like one or two companions who are trying to rally all the other companions because they know something's wrong and the doctor needs help or something? I, I've got no idea. I've, I've got absolutely no idea what they're going to do with it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they pull her back into it. Um, 
it was the the um, the non the now non-canon approach to it um and i think i can't remember whether it was in i'm pretty certain it was in one of the bbc uh novels from the 90s was that tegan um Jivanka had had a nervous breakdown as a result of leaving the doctor um and all the travels mm-hmm. behind and she had like a failed marriage and stuff like that and uh she'd kind of like been led to believe that rather than traveling through space and time, her psych- psychiatrist had basically said to her, no, you had a nervous breakdown. You know, you, you weren't well. None of that was real sort of type thing. Um, return to Oz style sort of like, you know, Dorothy's been led to believe that actually she didn't go to Oz. She was just having a mental breakdown as a result of the tornado in Kansas sort of scenario. Well, that'd be a fun one to figure out, wouldn't it? I can't quite think they're going to do that in the family friendly <laughs> centenary exit. Um, but yeah, I mean, taken as, as a character and a companion, then I mean, where? Be brutally honest, but where do you rate her? You know, oh, what against everyone, or is yeah, there a score yeah, you got? Yeah. No, no, no. As in, as in, wait, well, you know, is it, it, it is she is she a companion that you enjoy watching? Do you hope that they do something with her in this one that they hadn't done before? That sort of stuff. Um. I think so. I, mean, I think, and I think that, that there's a lot that can be done with her. You know, she's very, like I said, she's very driven, and she's very uh, action. Is probably the right way of phrasing. You know, she wants to be maybe not in your typical sense of picking up a gun and fighting, but she's very active and <laughs> doing things and moving around quite a lot. You say that so, she seems to be doing that in the trailer for the centenary, doesn't she? <laughs> that, well, yeah, but the thing is, I, now that I've seen this time with her on screen, I can believe it. I can totally believe this direction has gone in. I I want to see how they portray it because if it's just going to be a case of she's firing at something as a distraction or something that she knows she's not necessarily going to kill, I would probably accept that. Mm-hmm. If she's gunning down, which I'm sure it won't because it's who, but let me just follow me on this thought experiment for a second. If she's gunning down rooms of people after the reason why she left the doctor in the first place, that's going to leave a bad taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. No, I agree with that. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> what capacity they're going to bring her or ace back in and i'm curious i'm cu- not curious isn't the word i'm cautious is probably the better word because of how they handled the return of um other companions like jack for example it wasn't the most tastefully handled so i, I think on that one I, I very much am a believer of wait see how it happens i don't yeah, want to yeah. i don't want to be so anxious or on the other way as well set my expectations so high well, this is why i'm being cautious about it because i'm yeah i'm not getting excited about the fact but, that they're an ace of back yeah, just yeah i want to see exactly. how continue to be a realist see what they do when it happens not yeah, before very much so right before we go any further just i say before we go for poor wrap up i should say um how many dalek duplicates out of 10 who are you giving resurrection of the daleks eight that's exactly what i've given it eight yeah <laughs> it's not quite perfect but it's just there i think yeah definitely mm-hmm. definitely well I, I don't really think there's anything else we can say on tegan at that point so i think it's time for us to wrap up so uh yeah thanks for tuning in and give us a like and subscribe on our twitter and facebook channels and don't forget to join us next week we'll be bringing you uh, more new reviews and content but i think you probably assume by now it's going to be something to do with the centenary and um, but for now it's a goodbye from us